Lord, I want, I want to see Jesus. To reach out, to reach out and touch him. And to tell him, tell him I love him. Open my ears, open my ears, Lord. And help me, help me to listen. Open now, open my I want, I want to see Jesus. And all set. Thank you so much, uh, the Hamlets and Jakari and rendering some of the hymns and things that you know they uh, don't sing anymore but they're they're lasting uh, they're lasting uh, songs and uh, I appreciate them just gotta Again, okay. We're we're dealing with uh, with this last part here when it comes down to it's the law, and um, as we talk about this whole idea of it's the law, get this going here. We want to make sure that we have painted a picture because what I've been trying to do is lay a foundation. The foundation is that a lot of people um, are battling with, I'm trying to keep the commandments. You don't have to keep the commandments. If you're saved, if you know Jesus Christ, your personal savior, then just walking with the Lord enables you to keep all of the commandments. Everybody got that? So then you don't need to, quote, try to keep the commandments. We have a lot of built-in things that's going on there. So um, Romans 8, 4, and we'll just kind of go over these and then move right on through it. But let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for our time together to help me to clearly share my heart. And I pray, Lord, that you speak to their heart. We know that your word will not come back void. And, Lord, help us understand the importance I'm not walking in the flesh or walking in the old man doing what I want to do, but walking in the spirit according to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. amen. So Romans 8, 4, in order that the righteousness requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the, okay. Uh, and I think that that is so important. Romans 8, 5. Uh, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the what? Flesh. And those th who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the? 
each time we come up with these categories. Romans 8, 6. For to set their minds on the flesh is what? Death. But to set their minds on the spirit is? Okay. So then Romans 8, 7. For the, the, the set, uh, for they set their minds on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot be. It should be they, but the whole idea is this. I gave, um, I'm counseling a couple. Um, I'm questioning now their relationship with the Lord. So I gave them an assignment to read Romans 8. This, 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 this part right here. I said, I want you to read it. I said, when you come back, I said, I want you to don't, don't play with me. Don't read it the day that you're supposed to come back. I want you to read it. I said, and here's some of the key words I want you to look at. I want you to look at the mind. I want you to look at the spirit. I want you to look at the word flesh. And when we say flesh, we're talking about the physical world. We're talking about doing what we want to do and all these other things. And tell, we're going to deal with why you are having problems in your marriage. If you're having problems in your marriage, don't tell me that you are the best of friends walking with Jesus and, you, and you're having all these problems. There's a problem, there's, uh, Tony says there's a monkey on the line somewhere. Because somewhere along the line, someone have their mind set on what they want to do. And I put on board, I say, do you have, and I would list some things, I said, I would just put rights, entitlements, I see, I said, do you feel that all privilege, what do you consider this as your, your position at this point? Rights, entitlements, or in privilege? And some said, well, I have a right, and I list all the things they said they had a right for, and I'm entitled to, I said, I said, what if those were never, what if it never happened in your marriage? What if those rights and those privileges and everything never happened in your marriage? Then what? Now what you going to do? It was already silent in the room when I was talking to them. But at that point, because you see, they had a very weak foundation. Because we are conditioning, we're going through life and we go through this word expectation. We expect things to happen. But we want the best of life outside of the will of God. And God says, no, the best things of life happens inside of the will of God. If you're operating inside of the, the, the spirit, spirit of God, God, God guarantees it. If it happens outside of the flesh, you guarantee it. You have to pay for it. Romans 8, 8. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Every time I decide to do what I want to do, and I know I'm getting angry, and I'm doing all these other things, and I know God is not pleased with it, and understand something. If you know that, then understand this. Put this other verse. Memorize this verse. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, what? That shall he also reap. The spirit who gives all of the directives Guidance, encouragement, convictions, etc., uh, outcome, fulfillment of the law, and life. The mind, our will, intellect, and emotions, the function of the mind will determine the focus, direction, and activities. The flesh, the old unregenerated self, our physical contact and influence on the, on the mind with the temporal functions of this world. These are the three, the spirit, the mind, the flesh. First, you have the capital S of uh, Holy Spirit, but we have our own spirit. 
And what happens is that in Romans, it's talking about the Holy Spirit being in control. If you let the Holy Spirit be in control, he's going to control everything that goes on in your life. And you're guaranteed to have peace. You always will be in the will of God. Yes, there will be things you'll be challenged with, but you'll have victory every time. If you're walking in the flesh, you'll be stumbling. You're going to hurt a lot of people's feelings. You're going to mess things up. You'll have regrets. You, you have everything connected to it. I think you got it. Then let's move on. Then we go then to the last, last part, the unveiling of the product. The unveiling of the product goes this, this way. And this, we remember a little better here, I'm only act up every now and then, but we, okay. But I say, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Galatians 5, 17, let's read it together. It says the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. You see what I'm saying? Desires of the, of the spirit and desires of the flesh. The spirit says, I want to do the things of God. The flesh says, I want to do my own thing. And you have that battle going on all the time. It goes to your favorite television program and getting into the word of God. It's, it's, it's based on the conversation you're into. You know it's wrong. And you know it's, it's the words that you use. It's in every area of your life. And God, guess what? God is not looking at all the folks around you. He's looking at, because he's looking at his child. See, when, when you look, when you on the playground, if you have your children, they're young, and other kids acting crazy on the playground, that's not, you, that's not what you're looking at. If your child is on the playground, who do you think you're looking at? You're looking at your child. Okay. They can act crazy and dive all over. I just want to know, are they, are they out there cursing and doing all? I just want to know, what is my child doing on that playground with those children? That's the same way God said, here I have given you, I died for you, sent the Holy Spirit in your life. You have all the tools, all the resources, and guess what? My eyes are not on those crazy folks around you trying to get you to do stuff. I'm going to keep my eyes on you every time, every time. And so the, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. Uh, I don't want to do it, but the Holy Spirit keeps telling you, but you need to do it. <laughs> you need to confess. You need to do it. You, you're convicted of it, but you don't want to do it that moment. I'll, I'll wait till later. The Holy Spirit says now. Each time we're battling with the Holy Spirit, and the, and the Bible says this is what's going on. But you know why you're battling with the Holy Spirit? You're no longer under the law. You're under a new law now. And guess what? Under the new law, you have a supervisor, <laughs> and he's not going to go away. It says, grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed unto what? The day of redemption. So you may as well get used to it. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Then we go on further. We who are in Christ must keep in step with the Holy Spirit. We are not capable or able to do this alone. We are under a new law, the law of Christ. And so, it's so being under the new law of Christ, let us on, uh, on a course with a new side, uh, mindset. It is not a mindless way, but a what? Selfless way of living. Okay? 
So let us set us on a course with a new mindset. It's not a mindless way, but a selfless way. There are two major areas that need to be addressed and clearly understood. Now, the two, two major areas. First, the first part is the spiritual realm. Loving God with your total being. Mark 12, 30, 31. Let's read them. Ready? Mark 12, 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Did you notice that Mark has four of them in it? Usually you usually hear heart, soul, and mind. You got strength here now. That's, that's the physical. Your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. The second is what? Let's read it. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandments greater than these. Bottom line, obedience is non-negotiable. The Lord is saying, here's what you need to do under the new law. Understand, the new law develops a new culture. And under the new culture, God is saying, obedience is non-negotiable. There's not a time that you're going to decide, I'm not to obey God. The moment you decide not to obey God, God says, we got a problem now. Not with your situation, but with me. And I want you to go back in Scripture, and I want you to look at all the things that happened back in Scripture. Back in Scripture, Jonah decided not to go to Nineveh. Well, the issue at that point, we put Nineveh on a hole. The Lord said, now, Jonah and I have to have a little, a little something, something here because he don't quite understand who's in control. I didn't ask him to go to Nineveh. I told him to go to Nineveh. I tell angels and I, tell, I told him to go to Nineveh. And he, he didn't say I'm not going. He just decided to go in the wrong direction. I said, okay, then, since you decided, I'm not going to say anything either. I'm just going to send a fish your way. Grab you, hold you for three days, and we'll talk a little bit later, okay? Held him for three days. When he came out, he said, salvation is of the Lord. I said, good. Now, go to Nineveh and, tell, and do what I told you to do. Now, in the New Testament, God, the God is not radical. Be not, he will not be sending fish and all these other things after us. He has the Holy Spirit within us. We are to obey without resistance. You do that, and God will be blessing and using your life in so many ways. And every time that you obey God, you affect people in a positive way. Now repeat that to me. Every time I obey God, I affect people in a positive way. See, every time that I disobey God, I affect people in a negative way. So that when it comes down to witnessing to someone, if you've been acting crazy all this time and now you're going to come and witness to them, people are watching your life all the time. And they're taking mental notes. The words you say, the things you joke about, they're watching your life all the time. I'm not, say, I'm not saying, and this is what I was kind of sharing with individuals, God is not putting down your personalities. Some of you have very outgoing personalities, and that's what we call sanguine. A uh, sanguine will walk into the room and light up the room with their, their, their uh, vibrant personality. Some have what they call the, um, uh, how can I put it, uh, choleric. That is, the person wants order all the time. Blah, 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 blah. Some have the phlegmatic, it's kind of laid back. 
Some have the gift of mercy. I always feeling for everybody. You know, that's, each one have different personalities, and sometimes they get on each other's nerves. You see. But it doesn't measure their spirituality. And how we respond to people is very important. And, uh, and so the second one is this, love your neighbor as yourself, because there is no, so no law. So obedience is non-negotiable, non-negotiable. The, two, the total commitment, Romans 12, 1 and 2. You, we know the verses. Running over with you. Ready? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, and what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so what I'm reading to you now is like, okay, Lord, since I'm under new law, what are some of the things I'm supposed to be doing? And now what happens is in the New Testament, God says, Here, here's, here's the book. Here's all the things you're supposed to be doing. In the Old Testament, they had the Levitical law. In the Levitical law, they had everything that was spelled out. Um, first you had what they call the Pentateuch or the Torah. Uh, the Pentateuch was the Hebrew word, Torah was the Greek word, but when they had that word, he had the five uh, books of Moses, and so he had that. Then you had the Levitical law, which had over 600 and some odd ordinances. You take those ordinances, and you had to uh, lay hold of those ordinances and go by those ordinances. God says, you don't have to do any of that. He says, now we have the, bo the books of the Bible of the New Testament. In the New Testament, you have, you're shown all the things you're supposed to do. The first thing is your walk with God. I want you to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. My question is this, or the statement that you should be making, or finish the statement. Am I a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God? Am I? Have I made myself, really, a living sacrifice? holy and acceptable unto God. What's keeping me from doing that? What's keeping me from making myself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God? That do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Remember what we saw, we read back before about the mind? The mind either responds to the flesh or the mind responds to the spirit. And so what happens is this, whenever you respond to the spirit, God gives you the direction. When you respond to the flesh, then here's what the flesh does. It says, so the renewing of your mind, God gives you now the, the power to renew your mind in the Lord. That's why it says, what sort of things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely. It says, now it's time to really put it all in, in, uh, in place here. Observation number one, keeping in touch with the Holy Spirit enables us to align our will with the will of God. He said, with all of this we know, I'm just reminding you. I'm just reminding you. Why? Because things are going to get tougher and tougher. Decisions will get more, I mean, it's going to really get rough. And we need to have the foundational things that's in place. Since we're under the new law, under the law, uh, under the old, then I think that it's important that we do some things that are pleasing and honoring to the Lord. So, moving forward, making a lifetime commitment to our in our thought life, 
Philippians 2.5, have this mind among yourself, which is also in Christ Jesus, who thought it was, uh, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in him, not having a righteousness of his own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So making life a life commitment in our thought life, have this mind among yourself, which is Christ Jesus. Lord, I want a Christ-like mindset starting today. What does that look like? What will it do for me? The first thing that's going to happen, the first thing that's going to start happening to you is it will give you peace when it comes down to making decisions. You will make hard decisions. It may sound like difficult decisions, impossible decisions, but when you make the decisions, you'll leave the results to God. You'll, you'll push out all the clutter of what people think, how people feel, and all of a sudden you'll say, I will put my peace and my trust in God. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk with the peace of God by obeying God's word. God is looking for, in this day and time, individuals who will just stand on the word of God. You don't have to be arrogant. You don't have to be loud. <laughs> just stand there through the whole process. Amen? Second part is in the physical realm. There must be a unity of the spirit. The first was in the spiritual realm, my walk with the Lord. The next thing, according to the law, is in the physical realm. There must be a unity of spirit. Philippians 2.1, let's read it together. If there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy to complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Wow, count others more significant than yourself. Wow, that's going to be a hard one. Count others more significant than yourself. Put others in front of yourselves. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to watch the saints. Uh, I, I don't see it uh, much, you know, Chicago and Bible Fellowship, but I, I, I see it in other churches when it comes down to uh, eating and whatever the case may be, and they say the food line, and those, those folks, hey, uh, they make it their business to make it in line to get that food, and to make sure that their family get the food, and make sure that, you know, once the family and everybody else is taken care of, then maybe, you know, after they finish their, their last biscuits, just this, this maybe, they'll look over there and say, oh, sister so-and-so who can't, who has some uh, physical difficulties, uh, did that, anybody make a meal for sister so-and-so? Uh, and the Lord says, now why do you think about that before you put that food in your mouth? And the Lord says, here's how I want the family. He's got, here's the law. Here's how I want my family to operate. Here's the word you keep seeing, one mind. I want my family to operate with one mind. 
It's not the person, you don't operate by who's the most outgoing, who's the most talkative, but you value the person and their personhood. That they are very important. I don't care who they are, you are important. Value that individual. He says, um, two, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. I want to repeat that. There must be a great sensitivity to the well-being of one another, Philippians 2.4, that each one of us look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others, bear one another's what? Burdens. And so fulfill the what? Oh, see, there's that law again. Bear one another's burdens, and you'll fulfill the law of Christ. The Jews were doing other things to fulfill the law. It says, you bear one another's burden, and you will fulfill the law of Christ. And each one of us, I, I can imagine, if we had a chance to just listen to the things that's on your heart. Um, I, I remember one Sunday, um, Donna Person stood to share what was on her heart. We didn't, we didn't know until she stood up here for prayer. But once she stood up in, in, uh, for prayer and then shared with her, oh, that's what you're going to do. Then that should be noted in our little book. That should be noted that we should be praying and asking about it. And see what I'm saying? Get this. Here's the other part. If you never say it, how can we ever know? The only person that can read minds, Satan can't even read minds. Only God can read minds. If you have a burden and you have a church family, then Share the burden. Share the burden. Don't take and don't go through this alone. There must be a commitment to clarity and truth. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Do not, make it very clear, lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self or the flesh with its practices. So it says, now the next thing is with your mouth, tell the truth all the time. Tell the truth all the time. Uh, and so you heard me say this again. Do you tell the truth all the time? No. Or do you tell the truth some of the time? The Bible says we ought to tell the truth all the time. Are you there yet? There yet? How long would it take? Another week? Uh, two weeks? You tell me, how long did it take will tell you, for you to say, well, you know what? I'm going to tell the truth all the time in three weeks. And from that point on, from that, are, are you telling me the truth right now? No, but listen, in three weeks, <laughs> I'm going to tell the truth all the time. There has to be a point where we're going to say, Lord, since you have given me the Holy Spirit, since he's my guide, since he's walking with me, he will enable me to tell the truth, because he's going to put a trigger to say, don't say that. You know that's not true. Don't draw attention to yourself. No, don't try to glorify yourself like you weren't a part of it or anything else. Just sometimes the best thing to do is to keep your mouth shut. Okay. Uh, so then tell the truth all the time. Um, and you don't, remember that word, TMI, too much information. 
we say tell the truth all the time. Don't put the folk people asleep with this book that you're getting ready to tell. And here, say, here come that person getting ready to tell me the truth again. No, 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 no. Just, but tell the truth all the time. We must be, uh, be a great source of encouragement to one another. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is a habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We have to encourage one another in all of these areas. One of the reasons that we come to morning worship, one of the reasons that we come as a congregation is not only to hear the word, not only to worship the Lord, but we're here to encourage one another. To do what? To in. You need to hear someone else encourage you. You need that camaraderie, that, that encouragement to say, keep on going. I don't know what type of week you had. I don't know what type of week you're getting ready to go into. But to let you know, you're still special. You're still important. They're, understand something. I wish I could do eye contact to everybody you know, one time. There'll never be another one of you in all history, in all eternity. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? When God created each one of you, that means that there'll never be another. And for us to be together as a family, God is saying, I want you to treat each other with that level of dignity. Don't let anything mar the value of the person. Amen? I always tell, I always tell, my, uh, I always tell my children, or my young adults now, I said, I want you to understand something. There's some things we disagree on. But, uh, but I want you to understand something. I will always, always, always love you. I might not like what you're doing or what you said. But I want you to understand. Repeat that to me. I'll always love you. Do you understand that? That is so important. Because I want you to understand that, uh, that no one, no, no, no one, no one, Every one of you is so important, and my heart is for you and all the things that I want for your life. What I want to see develop in your life, sometimes I cannot clearly articulate it, and sometimes personally I just feel like a failure that I can't get that over to you. I can't make you walk in the Lord. I can't make you be prosperous in the Lord. That prosperity is not all this thing that they're talking about out there. I'm talking about walking in the beauty of holiness and being free in a very confused world. My prayer is that God will greatly use your life. And we should have that same feeling toward one another. Let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together 
as is in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day drawing near. 1 John 3:23, And having this uh, commandment that we believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and get this word, what is it? Love one another just as he has commanded us. And beloved, let us do what? Love one another. For love is from God, and whosoever loves has been born of God and knows God. But love, if God so loved us, we ought to, ought to, ought to do what? Love. See how many times he keeps saying love? First <laughs> John 4, 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us. When they sing the song, blessed be the tide that binds. That binding has to be in love. Observation. Keeping in step with the Holy Spirit enabled us in Christ to strengthen our commitment to one another. If not anything else, this morning, when we talk about under the new law, we have the Holy Spirit. We have a new path to follow. In our thinking, in our action, in our commitment, in our, in our relationship, in valuing one another. Don't break the law because you will be dealt with. Because be not deceived, God is not marked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. That shall he also read. The things that we are experiencing, one last thing, the things that we are experiencing today have been greatly influenced by yesterday. And the things that we are deciding to do today by walking in the spirit has already curved out the quality of our tomorrow. I was listening this morning, in, 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 on Sunday morning before I get here, uh, there's a half an hour where I'm fed by um, Pastor um, Jack Graham um, and, uh, and uh, Station 57-1. And, um, and Jack Graham was, was talking about, he was going over David, the life of David. And he used one word. He used the word with David, the word regrets. And all the things that David regretted. For one whole year, God was silent. And one whole year, he was in regrets, but, but never did ask for forgiveness. And all the things that took place, it affected his physical body. It affected his mind. He could not rest. And God had to send a prophet, Nathan, who bold enough to say, you are the man. And at that point, that's when he confessed what he regretted. And God opened the door and freed his soul. We're under the new law. Under the new law, we have the Holy Spirit that's with us every day, talking with us if we let him, showing us, encouraging us, 
we should be like, and I always, it always drilled my heart to see little children. You see all the energy that they have? I had to sit down and look at them with all that energy. With all the energy they have, and they say, boy, you know, and, uh, and then all of a sudden they get so tired they'll fall asleep and slide right down the wall or something, you know. But if they wake back up, they're ready with the energy again. And the Lord is saying, you know what? He says, I want you to rejoice in the Lord. What? What's the word? Again, I say rejoice. But you cannot rejoice in the Lord if you're not walking with the king. Amen. And you cannot walk with the king if you're not obeying the law. The law of Christ. And under that law, God, no one loses their salvation. They may lose their joy. They may lose their testimony. They may lose their time. Uh, time. They may lose friends. They may lose opportunities. But they'll never lose their relationship with God. My prayer this morning is, Oh, Lord, help me not to live in a valley of regrets. You put that there with David so that we can learn from David. Help us to learn from David. Amen. I think that is so important as we close this out. You've been very patient through the whole series. If not anything else, I wanted you to know we're under a new law. And we have someone, and he's called the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, one who walks alongside of us, that shows us what to do, what to say. Spirit of the living God, breathe afresh on us. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for our time in the word. Thank you for what it has to say. Thank you that we don't have to walk according to the flesh. As we see other folks crashing on their jobs and crashing in their lives. And I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about believers. The only reason they are crashing because they decided to do it their way. And I'm praying right now for the believers here. That if, we're not, if we have not been listening to you as we should. Starting today, help us to deliberately listen and not only be a hearer of the word, but a doer. That we may be able to encourage one another, to really love one another, and thus fulfill the law of Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Thank mm -hmm. you.